Hi, and welcome to Skating Success, the podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Jadine Ferreira. And I'm Ben Ferreira. And we are here to provide you with insights on tips and thoughts, everything about skating. Yes, I'm the technician and Dartfish certified technologist, pole harness guy, and you are the... I'm the choreographer. I'm the artist. I don't know. We work together really well. We love each other, but we also love skating and we love providing value to you. We thought this would be a really fun way to do so. Right, Ben? Absolutely. Okay, but who's going to be better at the podcast? You or me? You, baby. Oh, no. I definitely think you are. I don't think so. All right. Tune in to see exactly what we mean about skating success and how any of these tips can benefit you and your quest in being your best. To your skating success, everybody. Welcome back, Ben. Yes, welcome. (laughs) Uh, We haven't done a podcast for a little while because we had a little bit of a break. Yes, we did. I don't think it was an intentional break. I think we just, you know, it was just like life got in the way a little bit maybe. Yes, life challenges. It's February, flu, things like that. Things to get through, obviously, but we're back at it, so we are get started. Yeah. yeah. We are back at it. So today... um, the theme of the podcast, you guys, this is pretty, I would say it's pretty coach centric, but it also applies like if parents want to listen or skaters, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be valuable either way, but, um, definitely, definitely if you're a coach, you don't want to miss this one. So when I was doing training for my national level certification, as you did as well, they talk about the yearly training plan, right? And you have to like go in and make this really extensive detailed yearly training plan that's like magical and has all these phases of development physical and mental and all this stuff right and then you go into the real world and you try to apply something like that so I thought it would be great to tackle this and today's idea is stages of training and how do you as a coach or how do I as a choreographer how do we manage the idea of you're working with a client and now you want to look at their whole season and where we're going with them and how we're going to get there so what do you think, Ben? Well, that's a really good topic, a really good conversation. Um, a lot of this, I think, will just be a little bias onto how I do approach it and, you know, you do approach it, Jaden. I think that'll be part of it. I think every professional's got to really um, find their way on what they believe works. It's A lot of it is trial and error, I found, over the past 15 years of, of doing this mm-hmm. um, and preparing athletes for not only events, but skill acquisition, which I'll talk about yeah. a little bit further. But um, <clears throat> I think that uh, one of the things that um, I noticed, again, from being the former athlete, etc., is that today it's all changed. Okay, the way mm-hmm. that we train the kids is has completely changed because the system that we're under right now, code of points that I did transition to in the last two years, but it's so sophisticated that um, even the way that I did train, I really can't rely on how I did that because again, I was from a completely different era. Okay. So today I find that, um, in, in doing it, of course it's, it's the same, you know, if, if, if I was to talk about, um, training and of course office training and, you know, peaking and tapering and things like that too. Um, I've, I've developed certain ways um, that I think for certain categories, I, I do manage that. You know, mm-hmm. for pre-juvenile, juvenile, I'll do something. We're pre-novice, and again, we're in Canada. We're talking about that kind of um, filtered a challenge and national competition. Mm-hmm. Um, for, you know, novice, junior, senior, that's going to be a little bit different. So I think that um, 
you know, to rely on the past of, of me doing um, training a certain way. Now, looking at the system and how we develop these athletes with every single element required in the program um, is a little bit different. So. so, okay, that's really, really cool, and I'm glad you brought that up. So let's stick there for one second, and before we move to what we do now, give me one really clear example of something you did as an athlete training that worked really well in that system that you would not do with your athlete now? I think, I think there's just going to be certain times where there's going to be certain focus points throughout the season where, um, I, I find that for me personally to do things well, such as a harness lesson or doctor's lesson and skill acquisition, there's going to be certain times where I really focus on that. Mm -hmm. There's also going to be certain times leading into events if we're doing a lot of competition where I'm going to be just completely doing competition preparation and yeah. because every element now is is so completely important and watching what's going on in the run-throughs I'm I'm just of the belief that and again every coach is a little bit different when they do this but mm -hmm. I'm just of the belief that I have to see what's going on in the programs constantly and understand is the strategy working are they doing it reliably um, is everything fitting with the music it, you know so that's a that's a huge um, undertaking when you're trying to cram everything within a 30 minute or 50 minute lesson so totally. that's where I find today it's a little bit different, but the recipe for me is, is really quite similar. I think, I think for, you know, a pre-novice skater, if I'm just going to have that example or a novice skater or a junior or senior person, one short program run through a day, one long program run through a day, going back and doing parts afterwards, mm -hmm. going back and, you know, getting the jumps that you may have missed or not missed or going through other parts afterwards is fine. But yes, a complete run through of those programs per day, say five, six days a week that they're training mm -hmm. is the recipe for success if you started early enough and started to kind of build um, the content <clears throat> and the reliability within the program that they're doing. So I think that's a personal recipe for success. And of course, the off-ice training and everything else they do, et cetera, that supports what they're doing on the ice. But um, that hasn't changed from when I... I yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's, that's similar to what That's very did. similar. I would say that I probably did more, you know, I did more than that back in the day where it was, I did two long programs, two short programs, things like that. And today, it's, today with all the, the stuff in there, I don't really find that that's necessary. I think that, um, you know, that can be a little bit of overkill today when you're focusing on the quality of what's going on in the program. I don't think I would necessarily say a lot of those run-throughs that I did when it was double run-throughs, et were really quality because you're just so oh, exhausted. Oh, so the, the quality went down because of the... You know, you're quality. training, but it, it's not, you know, it wouldn't be, I would say, quality of run-through twice. It would be really rugged, push, 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 just to get either a cardio base or just to know that you can actually do that. Mm -hmm. But again, um, for today, because of steps, because of spins, because of all around, I mean, I could rest through my spins. I mean, I didn't, <laughs> you know, well, it that's, was an error. That's the thing it I was, was going to you know, say, like, do that. that is so different is that today, I think the ratio of training spins and step sequences 100%. is just crazy yeah, 100%. high compared to what we did um, because of the system that the skaters are being judged within, right? And totally. So to me, that's the, the stark difference is that. I, I used to be able to look at an athlete and go, oh, yeah, you should spend 80% of your time jumping. For sure. And now I'm going, ooh, okay, like, no. no <laughs> right? Sure. So I, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just thought you were really getting there on that point. Well, no, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a really good point, too, to, to bring up as well, is because, again, what we're in is every element has value. Every element has uh, GOE. Every element is equal as far as, again, the technical end, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what I'm trying to train or look at. Um, and also, it's it's a counterbalance to when you, you know a skater and you know what they can do, but also quality jump reps versus maybe quality jump reps if you're preparing for an event. You know, 
if you're in skill acquisition, it's going to be more quantity jump, right? Because you're trying to gain mm. master skills. So it's very tricky on how you, where you are in development, managing how the athlete's training in terms of that. So Okay, so let's go there next since you yeah, kind of yeah. are alluding to this. Now, the so I always have an outline, you guys, so I'm looking at my little note here. And I put the word phases. Now, yes, I learned about this in the National Training Coach Program, that there were phases of training, but they didn't seem that applicable to me and they seemed too complicated to apply to the athlete. So what I really like that you do, Ben, is you have come up with, like I haven't heard another coach say it this way, so maybe maybe you did or didn't come up with it or you heard it somewhere, but you have a phase called skill acquisition wherein you, from what I see you do, you are going, all right, the focus right now is to get new elements done. So um, a new spin learned, a new jump attained or landed, right? Or maybe you're, you're telling me that skater needs to go from level one in step sequence to level three. So that's really important right now, Jadine, focus on that skill acquisition. And that is like a phase that you have the skater in. And that's a little different than when you're doing competition preparation phase, which is when, like you were saying earlier, you're looking at the program as a whole. You do a lot. And now I really have to stress this, guys. Ben looks at the numbers all the time. Like you are running the strategy and the numbers constantly, right? On all the athletes um, mm -hmm. that you're watching this, the, the program and trying to look at what are their averages and what can they do reliably? And then how does that add up on their numbers so that they know and you know where they should sit technically in the, in the event coming up. Now, I, I would argue there's a third phase where we're like a little lighter and that's usually choreography creation phase or like beginning of a season after a break when then we just want them to get them back into the ice for sure right or and make sure they still love skating right because there's it's so much work that if they're not having fun and not loving it and not inspired by their creative side and their artistry that they're going to put together for the season then there's no sticking power because when the going gets tough what are they going to go back for sure. to right for sure. so to me i would think about it in those three phases what about you well and, and, and again i think that's very smart the way you said that is that there are those phases Here's the thing that I'm going to say, and, you know, I know that in our courses we did do a lot of this. You know, you did a YPI. Mm -hmm. Have I ever sat down and done one? No. Yeah. And, and and I haven't done one. And I'm going to say this. It's not that I don't plan, okay? Yeah. And I'm going to say that again. It's just that it, what happens in a YPI is that, you know, life can start happening. Injuries start showing up. Skill acquisition stuff may not take time. Like, for example, I, I, it's not like I'm not planning. I'm looking at a calendar. Even today, um, before an event today, what I'm doing is quick looking at a calendar. Quick, what what programs do I want the, you know, the intermediate days to? Because they only have one session. I want to get maybe okay, short, so long, short, long. Okay, slow that down a second. You know, slow it down. You're just speaking really, really fast. So, right. so you're you have an event coming this weekend. It's right. a competition weekend. You're looking at the session that happens to be called sure. intermediate A. Because we're going to be tapering a little bit too. Got it. Right? To that level, you're looking at how yeah. many programs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. I'm looking at. Also, throughout the year, um, I may go, okay, like for some some certain time periods where they're not going to be competing for a while, we're going to go heavy on skill acquisition time, okay? Right. Because that that makes, for me, again, a lot more sense to practice that kind of stuff versus, and I'm going to give the window for a lot of people here, you know, maybe they'll be doing their programs by themselves, but when I say always the window just for me three weeks before, or say maybe a little bit before that, three or four weeks before, like say a month. I'm going to really be watching a lot of programs. I'm going to now in switch it to competition preparation training. 
So instead of it's a 15 or half an hour lesson on skill acquisition of just jumps or harness or getting some reps or going through the rest of that, I'm going to be now, okay, what program do we need to get done? I want to take a look at this. I want to take a look, you know, I'll be focusing on more preparation mode to make sure the run-throughs are solid. So that's where I'll switch it. About, I say the window is no, like I'll do three weeks before will be the cutoff. Is you're doing skill acquisition, skill acquisition, skill acquisition, three weeks before I'll move into comp prep. Okay, that's interesting because as you're saying that, I'm realizing that this is so cool. You switch in that mode about three weeks before. Approximately. And then, but I always notice at the end of that week, even though we haven't really said, oh, this is the three week mark, at the end of that week, Thursday or Friday, is when you come to me as the choreographer and give me notes. And you'll say, for example, we need to p- change this plan program for this skater. They're, yes. they're missing that jump every time in the middle of the program. Um, we need to make this a, a better transition into that pro- that approach because they, they don't have enough time in the music or whatever it is. You'll give me that technical feedback yeah. right around that end of that like three weeks out yeah. so that we can adjust and, and um, set them up for success. Right, right absolutely. Because you have to give things time if you have a plan, but you also have to look at, okay, if it's two weeks or a week and a half going in, has that been reliable? No, we're just going to make one little tweak. Because right. when you're com- when you're competing, my opinion is when you're competing in this system, the, the reality is, is the only thing that matters is how many numbers you're getting back of quality. You're looking at GOE versus you know clean elements versus all the rest of that. That's the only thing that matters when you go to compete. Skill acquisition maybe can just wait a little bit on the side, just, be, just before. But if you're going into an event, I think it's important to really have a look at the overall and go, what's going on? Is it on the music? Is everything fitting in place? And like you say, make technical adjustments if maybe the reliability isn't there. Yeah. Wow. It's very cool because it means that you have a pretty reliable system for how you train the skater and how you shift as a coach from skill acquisition mode into competition prep mode. And the thing I'm realizing as well is as an athlete, I bet your skaters actually look forward to that because they know they can trust, they sort of trust the rhythm of it most likely like the timing that you just that you're just going to switch into that mode and they don't need to worry about you know when that like for example they don't have to make that decision they can they can trust you're going to guide them on the path and go oh now we're going down this part which is i'm going to look at your program more and i'm going to look at your spins more for sure for sure so that's pretty cool as an athlete too yeah i think so i think they understand the fact of why um we're going to be training that way rather than just focusing on you know, more elements all the time. I think that there's, you know, and I mean, and again, I'm one, I'm one professional does it one way. I'm not saying that's, it's right or wrong, but I think that, I think that going into say events where again, what matters is getting a sheet back that is, you know, maybe a skater's personal best, et cetera. You know, the priority is really looking if everything is going in there and having a look around and going, okay, is, is this getting better or is this getting the skater where they want to go as far as their achievements and their own personal best? So yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it is. I mean, and again, after an event, we might just go bang, cut off, fine, no problem, and then we'll start doing skill acquisition again for a certain period of time. If there is, um, if there is a good leeway time to be able to do that. Number one, what's nice about that is the skaters are always in better shape to do that anyway because they've been training for a long time, no, so they're 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 in better shape. They can probably handle more skill acquisition anyway because they've been preparing for a long time. But the uh, the reality is of it too is that I mean I'm just going to use maybe the last two weeks as an example. Mm-hmm. You know, some of my um, skaters had two events with two weeks back to back here. Well, I'm just going to manage energy a little bit more and understand that okay, there'll be a little bit of a come down maybe in the one week there, and then we do have to build it up again. But I'm looking at also 
you know, maybe not doing as many hardcore run-throughs later in that week that are going to compete because there is a little bit of a taper off that they need to have energy-wise so they can make it through the week and then go perform. So that's another aspect of, okay, you look at the days, like today, for example, we're just doing this podcast on a Monday. We have events yeah. coming up Saturday, Sunday. I'll probably have some of my skaters that do short and long programs do to, you know, do two programs a day, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, have, you know, maybe I'll taper off one program, one program, and then maybe a light day Friday so they can go compete Saturday, Sunday and have right. more energy because they're going to have a long week, right. right? So they're not too tired. So that's kind of where, you know, you, you try to do that. Does it always work? Well, you know, it depends. But I think that, you know, to really go in and, and train, 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 like it's a grinding week and then attempt that, you know, have them go out and, and compete like that. I think, you know, you have to really manage their energy a lot and understand that you know you're going to want them to feel somewhat fresh by the time they step on their long program at the competition event so wow that's a you're kind of segueing into one of the most important things i've ever learned as a coach which is helping athletes deal with energy management it's like it's a huge thing and, and these kids are young they're dealing with school they're dealing with friends they're dealing sure. with off ice training on ice training um, growing. I mean, they're in growth spurts half the time. For sure. So, um, you know, later on my little card here, I had top three to five tips. I think we, we could come back to that, right, at that point. But, um, yeah, energy management is huge. So the second piece of what I had written down here, um, once we know, kind of know that the phases are there and you know what you want in each phase, my, my thing I wrote down was fixed versus flexible. So, I think you can kind of see what I'm getting at. Like how, I mean, you're pretty fixed in a lot of ways in life because you're very organized and very like consistent. I appreciate right? I tried to be anyway. Wasn't well, it? you're, I think you're very consistent and very, I think you were as a skater and you are for sure as a, as a friend and a business partner and husband and so on. Um, now when you're talking about this, about training with the athlete, where does that come into play? Like, how fixed are you versus flexible? Are you like flexible within the fixed plan or some days you have to throw the plan out? Like, well, here's, here, well, here's the thing is that, that, and that's why going back to YPI, I've never really done one is because oh, we should explain YPI is a yearly, planning yearly planning instrument. instrument. Okay. Is because again, looking at micro versus macro versus the, I mean, that's great and all, but the reality is again, what can the skater do? Okay give them a certain amount of time to train that they need to build their program run-throughs, et cetera, and, and get all the averages there. I mean, you always want to compare what you can do to your average. That's just mm. the name of the game. You okay. have to you have to be able to go, okay, what's my average? What can I do? What can I do well? What can I do reliably? Right? right. That's the game. Right. And it may be that, you know, you, you do have a personal best and you're seventh in the competition. So what? I mean, that was your personal best. Who cares? Totally. Or you may have the personal best and win the event. Great. But that's your personal best. That's not... To say that it's right or wrong, it's just if you're climbing your own ladder of personal skating success, that's what this is all about, and that's what's nice about our sport today is you can actually measure that and go, yeah, okay, fine. You know, you built up the technical score by two points. That's what we call success. I mean, how yeah. else would we define that, right? So I think that you know, when from a YPI perspective, I looked at it and I went, okay, I get it. But I also bring out the calendar and I go, okay, fine. How, where do I want them to start doing the run-throughs? I want them to start doing it there. You know, we're very, you're pretty good at getting the programs done. So we get them done at a certain point. We have a certain amount of time that we can train. There's a certain amount of time that, yes, I'll be wanting to skill acquire and see if we can get some more skills to build up the technical score. But also understanding that, you know, and then say that three-week cutoff, okay, you're going to just put that on hold for a second and go, what are they doing in the programs? What are they doing reliably? And mm -hmm. also, what are they doing on the music? And is there is there is there some good stuff there? Or do we need to tweak stuff along the way? Because again, 
that's the measurement. You know, results in the name of the game. Yeah. So in in a way, it's it's a very big balancing act between okay, looking at where the events are, like you know, the summer you're you're spending a lot of time, um, you know, the first you know couple weeks anyway, you're doing maybe some skill acquisition. You're going okay, fine, it's summer. Let's see if we can get a double axe. Let's see if we can get a triple jump. Let's see if we can get a lot of that stuff. Oh, and then, okay, fine, you know, three weeks before, they, they'll be doing their run-throughs by themselves, but I'll be monitoring them a little bit more closely and going, what's realistic here? You know, what's yeah. what's what's showing up, what's not showing up on an average day-by-day basis? Because I think, it, you know, as, as, as looking at the spread of the averages, you want to go, okay, if they did this, 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 and they're doing stuff, yeah, they're in a pretty decent position to score this. Or if that's being a problem, maybe we can adjust this. And it's a constant looking at the averages and going, okay, you know, given that certain amount of time, um, what could they do? But also understanding that, okay, now it's crunch time and we really have to go, okay, this is what's realistic for now. So are you almost looking at when you say averages, I think I could listen and hear that two different ways. Like I could hear the average meaning sort of an old school way, which would be like you land six out of 10 of those jumps. For sure. Um, five out of ten in the solo example. Or I could hear that in a way in the new system. You can literally measure it where you go, okay, that program would have scored 25 technically. For sure. And on average, this skater does a 22 program. For sure. And wow, today was really above average. Or normally they do 30 technical. This was a really below average day. Is that kind of what you think that's as well? That's, that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll take a look at it. and sure you bring up the numbers. 1.7, 1.8, You know, all yeah. this stuff. I'll always go, and I'm going to say to everybody this. You know, officials have always asked the question, you know, do you use any GOE when you're plugging in your, um, your numbers? And I'm going to just say this to all coaches out there. I do not. I do everything at base value, okay? Because I, I really think that, you know, if, if I look at everything at zero and base value and really understand that if I get a positive dividend of GOE, that's great. That's a little like a little bit of gravy. Bonus. Yeah, that's like a little bit of icing on the cake or a gravy. I don't count on any of that, and I'm not saying why. I'm just saying that I would measure personally everything at zero so that I understand that the base technical score would be this if it was somewhat performed here. That gives a little, little bit of leeway for you. If, if you do get a sheet back and there's a couple of plus twos or threes or, or even higher on your sheet or some minus threes, so it, you know, your, your averages will get leveled off. Right. If you do everything at base value, and I encourage all professionals to do that, and I'm sure all professionals all do, I'm just saying I don't count on any positive GOE ever. I would never say, okay, that flying sit would be plus two. I never do that. I always go at zero. Right. Always. Yeah. And you talk to the skaters in that language, like. For sure. So for sure. I think that's really important. Unless it's a, unless I think unless it's like a, you know we do our group spin set. Unless it's like okay, do you guys see criteria for positive GOE here? Do you guys see that? Right, right, right. And right. then I would go, I personally see it, but remember, I'm not the one hitting the button. Yeah. So that, for me, is a very important thing to say to them, is that I don't count on anything. I would just go get that code. If it's 2.6 for an FSSP3, get it. If it's three points for a CCOSP, <laughs> get it. So now you're speaking in literally code, yes. which is how the judging system works. For it's sure. The code that he's describing is what the skater is getting on their sheet. And I think we're going to switch now gears to the top three tips because you're already in there, top three to five. For sure. Like one of the things you, you do that I think really helps with the skaters is you do speak to them in code. For sure. Meaning they understand the vocabulary of the judging system. For sure. So when they're looking at their sheet as a report card or they're comparing it to what they did last time, 
they know what it is and they understand how to read it. For sure. No, and, and, I've, done, and I've done that. And also, it just helps me too. I mean, if I go, yeah, you know, I mean, it helps me too. Can you? Can I see that CCOSP? Can I see the FSSP? I mean, that's what that is. When I say a flying sit or a combo spinner, I mean, why say that? It, it is on the sheet what that code is and that code's um, base value is that or that code's, you know, so I just, that's the way that I've done it. So I it is the you know, strategy then to think in in the new system, like just immerse yourself in the language yeah, of it. Immerse yourself in the language of it. So when you get that sheet back, you go, okay, the CCOSP was here, and this yeah. is here, and this was here, and the STSQ was this, and the CHSQ was this. I mean, uh, you know, the 2S or the 2LO or the 2LZ or the whatever, the 2A. Yeah. You know, and so you kind of, you kind of are, as far as a technical end, you're being very objective with what's on your sheet. Yeah. You're going, okay, that's what that is. You know, and that's what the, the the base was. Did we get a little bit of positive dividend? Sure, that's great. But I again, I don't count any of that as as part of the strategy. Yeah. I'd like to base everything if possible at zero, right? And just work from there around. You're that. kind of like it's kind of like a server not counting on your tips. For sure, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a, a real estate investor not counting on cash flow. Oh, geez, let's not even go right? there. I yes, mean, that's, totally. That's totally what it is. It's, it's like a it's like, it's like a shareholder of stock not counting on a dividend. You just go, right. yeah, I put it in. I understand. Do my best. Maybe there'll be a capital gain later, but at the same time, I do encourage that, and I think I think all professionals do this. I think it would be to everything basis. I, I would never count any GOE. I would go at zero. That's it. Because again. Not to say whatever, but the track record that I've just seen through the spreads of having yeah. events, usually, generally, everything I can count on going, okay, at zero makes sense. That's all I'm saying. So, Oh my gosh. Okay. We are just like we're covering all of these pieces. I really hope it's helpful. If you're listening in, if you have other questions, let us know. We're at Skating Success on all socials. But let's leave the listeners with two more tips that help you. As a professional, when you're trying to do this, and we're calling it stages of training, what are two more things that you can offer, even quick things? Like, is it like you just check the numbers every week? Or what, what are the, the, the ways in which you actually implement this planning so that it's easier for you as a coach to stay on top of it? Because there's so much demand as a coach right now. For right? sure, for sure. So give people like those juicy things. What are the Ben Ferreira things that you do to make sure you kind of just can keep on top of it? Okay, I, I would say this. Um, watch the program. What are they doing in there? What are they doing reliably? What are they doing clean? Right. Clean does pay dividends in this business. Okay. Right. And that's one of the things that um, I'm just going to say right off the top in terms of a strategy, clean rotation does pay more dividend. And they say, okay, an under rotate is 80%. Well, not really, because if they do stick to the criteria, there's going to be minus two, three GOEs. That's already 80% to say 20%, 30% off on that. So really, again, it's a it's more of a minus five of a clean jump because your GOE is lower, and you know that's that's a huge discount on your point totals coming back. Now, I'm just saying, you know, mistakes do happen. Yeah. But on the average, you want to see everything clean. I think that's very important to take home for the understanding of of quality and how um, the skater is developing. I think that's very important. Um, what, what's the other question again, sweetheart? What's the, what's that? Just your top tips on, on how you handle it. So you're doing a great job. This is, this okay. is, this is huge. Like watching the program, right? Even as a technician, you're saying it's not like you're ignoring the program. You're watching it no, I'm watching the and you're program. watching the averages and watching if the jumps are clean. For sure. And if there's a lot of interruptions, there's going to be no program. Okay. And that's another part that that's very important. If there's a lot of interruptions where they're trying to struggle with an element that they're, 
you know, not doing reliably, well, that's going to affect the overall program components too. So there's a huge balancing act. Again, we've talked about this in other podcasts of watching what they do, watching what they do reliably, and watching what they do well with some hopefully, again, base value GOE. That's enough. If you yeah. get a little bit of positive, great. But I never, ever count on it, yeah. ever, as, as um, someone who's putting technical elements in a program, ever. When you just said interruptions, I realized this whole ent- entire podcast we could flip it around and talk about artistic training through the for entire sure. year. For sure. You could totally do that, too. Maybe we'll have to do that as a part no, two sure. to the series. Yeah. Maybe a part two to the series, too. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll do that next time. So last thing. One more tip that you as a coach do or think about that helps you with training the athlete as far as planning and phases and the year and trying to make them have the right training. Okay. Have the big picture in mind but also pay attention to small details. And this can drive, you know, personally it drives me crazy because you'd want to, you know, of course skill acquire. Of course that makes sense. Of course, it, you know, you have to grow, grow, grow and do stuff. But also, you know, pay attention to the small details. Think big in terms of where their year is going to go. If you choose a category that makes sense for their development and you, you think big about, okay, we can, we can build all this technical content, but also, you know, think smaller. What's, what's happening right now today? Right. What's going on today? And where are they at today? If it's, you know, coming, coming into an event or, or even on a skill acquisition, well, where are they at today? And that's very important. What's realistic? Yeah. What's in front of you? Um, hold the big picture, hold the big space plan for it, you know, work towards it, but also really pay attention to the small details at the same time. I love it. That's a great place to end. Thank you so much. I love all those tips and it's nice to just review it as well. Like, even though you know it, it's good to think about it. That was fun. That was a really good one. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys next time on our next podcast. Have an amazing week, everybody.